what I'm going to speak on this, this morning, I know you said this evening, I am nervous, um, this morning is worship in the wilderness. Obviously, we have been covering worship um, and how we worship God and who, who we worship, and this morning is about worshiping in the wilderness. What I'd love us to come away with is a sense of worship always being the answer. So I'm going to start by reading Psalm 63, focusing on uh, verse 1 to 8. O God, you are my God, I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you, my whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. I'm also struggling with my voice a bit, so I will be drinking water. (laughs) So the wilderness. Um, As I was preparing... Um, I was picturing one kind of wilderness and then chatting it through with Simon, he um, helped me to see that actually there's, there are two or more images than we can have of the wilderness. Um, so one is where it's dry and parched and there's lack of water, um, perhaps feelings of isolation, loneliness, extremes like cold and heat, There is also another type of wilderness where it's lush and green and it's untouched and it's perfect. Um, For today, we are going to be talking about the first one, the not so great one. Um, As I go through, um, I'm just going to touch on a couple of points um, and then we're going to have a bit of a reflection time afterwards. So when we think of wilderness, the wilderness that we're going to speak to, speak about today, it may be that we feel God is distant. The times of wilderness, though, I think, are times of preparation for us. For us, Preparation where God is going to use us. Now, I know even as I say that, some of you might be thinking, ooh, preparation, what does that mean? Preparation for what? What's going on? And sometimes when we talk about that or we talk about the things that God has for us, it can seem a bit jargony or it can seem a bit daunting or it can even seem slightly vague. Well, that's my experience, actually. So when I'm talking about preparation, I don't mean a necessarily huge thing like standing up the front or going on a mission or going far away. What I mean is living life with our Saviour close by our side whether that is up front or on a specific mission, or raising children well and godly in a a world that's crazy, or teaching others, or making coffee, or building houses, or running groups, running groups at church, or doing admin. What I do know and what I have experienced is that the fruition of what we're being prepared for will look very different if we trust God in it and live life to the full in him and with him or if we doubt his presence. 
The preparation time is not one that God wants to harm us, but he wants to use for connection. As I was reading and preparing, two things came to mind that I think may help us to um, stick with God in this time of preparation, in this time of wilderness. One is to run towards God, not away. And the other is to remember. Our language can be very powerful in these moments too, actually. Um, We can get into the mindset or we can even voice to ourselves or or to each other that God is either close or he's far away. And while this can be a reflection of our feelings uh, and our emotions and can seem very real to us, the truth is that God is where he's always been and where he always will be. And that's closer than we think. He is always with us. We are often reminded in his word that he is with us. So as we look at running towards God and remembering, I'm going to pick out things from Psalm 63, but also um, through Jesus' experience in the wilderness being tempted, and also through Moses' experience with the burning bush. I'm going to... um, talk about running towards God. So I'm just going to read um, some from Exodus. Exodus 3. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go and see. When the Lord saw Moses come closer to take a look, God called called to him from the middle of the bush. Moses, Moses. Here I am, Moses replied. And then he goes on to say, take off your sandals, you're on holy ground. And he he talks to Moses about um, going to about using him to go and free the Israelites. And in verse 11 it says, But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one that sent you. And further on in verse 14 he says, God replies to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So just like in Psalm 63, um, where he says, I will earnestly search for you, Moses goes towards God. He says, this is amazing, I must go and see. As I've said, the wilderness is not a place where God wants to harm us, but he wants us to learn total dependency on him. It's where he wants to show us what intimacy looks like, what closeness closeness looks like, and what confidence looks like. This can be a really hard step. Running away sometimes and hiding feels like that's the best option, that's the easy option, that's the only option. But this does lead to loneliness and isolation which is actually something that God is trying to turn around since the fall. He doesn't want us to be isolated. He doesn't want us to be lonely. 
Sometimes it does feel easier to run away than to confront the hurt, the pain, the shame. But I think that's often because we don't realize how close Jesus is. In that time of wilderness, it can feel like nothing's happening. But as I say, God is working and he has been working since the fall to try and turn that around. In reality, in my experience, I have actually found that running towards God is easier and I don't have to run too far. I just don't remember that always very quickly. <laughs> I don't say this lightly like I've got it sorted or that we'll only learn at once. I do definitely have things that I learn over and over again. Sarah reminded us last week that we can always ask for help in these moments. We have the whole Trinity at our disposal. Because of Jesus, we can ask the Holy Spirit to give us the words to talk to the Father who lives in us and has called us to him. Isn't that amazing? We don't actually have to come up with it all on our own. It is already there for us. We have Jesus who's given us the Holy Spirit, who gives us the words to talk to the Father who has already made our home in us, his home in us. Worship is always the answer. When you don't feel his presence, when you don't hear an answer, when you feel fatigued, when you feel like you're lacking faith, when overwhelm threatens your joy, worship is always the answer. We worship in the wilderness, we worship our God in the wilderness because we worship a God who is present and faithful. We run towards a God who is loving and steadfast. We are not running to emptiness, emptiness or nothing. We are running towards our Father, towards the I Am who promises he is with us. I'm just going to talk about remembering. The other thing that I think will help us in times of wilderness and loneliness. In Psalm 63, verse 2, he says, I have seen, this is David, by the way, he wrote the psalm and he was physically in a time of wilderness. He was alone, but spiritually he was feeling in a wasteland as well. Verse 2 says, I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and your glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. And in verse 6, he says, I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. David feels alone and separated from God. And yet, he chooses to praise God because he remembers God is present. He has seen him in his sanctuary. He remembers God's presence. He has seen his glory and power. Isn't that such a powerful tool that we have, remembering what God has done for us already, remembering the times where we have heard from him, we have seen him, because he hasn't changed 
There are times when we feel far from God, when we want a fresh touch of his love, a fresh revelation, and we feel like it doesn't come. Let's take note of the psalm and keep holding on to what we know is the truth, that God is near, that God is with us, and we have experienced his power and his presence in our lives. Just think, what would our lives be like if we decided that in those moments where we feel in the wilderness or we perceive God as absent, what if we remembered his faithfulness and worshipped him? I don't know about you, but that feels like quite a powerful question. I know I wrote it, but... I'm just going to pray, actually. Father God, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you are not absent. Thank you that you are closer than we think and we realize. I pray that you would ignite the, the tiny little flame that's in us, that you would fan that so that we remember your faithfulness and we get excited and passionate about who you are and what you can do and what you have done. What would our lives be like if we decided in those moments to worship him. Jesus teaches us about remembering too. I'm just going to read from Matthew chapter 4. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that, during that time the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God... Tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off, for the scriptures say, He will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up in their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures also say, You must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him up to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. Over and over, Jesus remembers who he is. He is the son of God. 
The devil here, he's, he's trying to steer Jesus into fearing that he's alone. To make him think that he does not already have his father with him. He's tempting him with things that actually are already his. But Jesus remembers that he is the son, part of the Trinity, the word that created the universe. He remembers that God has called him my beloved son. He remembers that he is the ruler of the world and will have victory. He has confidence in whose he is. He has confidence that he is not alone, but has been set apart by God. This is what I wish I would learn quickly <laughs> and not have to learn it again and again. Whose I am. Lord, help us learn from you. He is so secure that his father loves him and is with him. There's so many examples, aren't there, in scripture where... Um, of Jesus' dependency on his Father. He makes time to pray. He speaks with his Father. He talks to him when things are hard and when he feels alone, only to remember he's not. He's not alone. How easy it is for us to forget our God, who our God actually is, and what he has done for us. As I say, I know I often do. I often forget who I belong to and who I am in Christ. Just like Moses, when God was talking to him from the burning bush, he says, who am I to go and rescue the, the Israelites? Who am I to go and talk to Pharaoh? And God reminds him, I am with you. We are set apart. We are co-heirs in Christ. We are God's people. I would like to take um, some time now for us to, to respond. I know that um, it's quite a lot to take in, and, but it, it's real and it's good and it's truth. Um, and so we need to take time to respond as well. Um, the Freedom in Christ course has got lots of statements of who we are in Christ, in Christ and I would love to read, read them through. Um, as we're going through them, those of us who are Christians, let's pray that um, those truths really sink in about who we are so that we can feel confident that we are not alone. We can feel confident that God is right by our side. If there's anyone here that um, does not know Jesus specifically as their personal savior, perhaps these statements will help you decide to make that step. Let's ask God what he wants us to see, what he wants us to hear, what he wants to heal in us. I'm just going to ask Hannah if she can come and tinkle away a bit. Um, and Ashley, if you can do the, the thing so people can follow on. There we go. There's three sections to this. One is called, I am accepted. The other is, I am secure, and there's, I am significant. Father God, as we go through these, I pray that you would help us to see you and hear from you. I pray that you would help us to know who we are in you.
I am accepted. This is how we are accepted. I am God's child. As a disciple, I am a friend of Jesus Christ. I have been justified. I am united with the Lord and I am one with him in spirit. I have been bought with a price and I belong to God. I am a member of Christ's body. I have been chosen by God and adopted as his child. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. I am complete in Christ. I have direct access to the throne of grace through Jesus Christ. I am secure. This is how I am secure. I am free from condemnation. I am assured that God's that God works for my good in all circumstances. I am free from any condemnation brought against me and I cannot be separated from the love of God. I have been established, anointed and sealed by God. I am hidden with Christ in God. I am confident that God will complete the good work he started in me. I am a citizen of heaven. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. significant I am a branch of Jesus Christ the true vine and channel of his life I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit I am God's temple I am a minister of reconcil reconciliation for God I am seated with Jesus Christ in the heavenly realm. I am God's workmanship. I may approach God with freedom and confidence. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God, thank you for all those I am statements that are so true because of what you have done. We're going to go back into a time of singing, worship. Um, if there's anything that stood out to you and you need somebody to pray with you, there are people to pray with you or ask the person next to you.
Just uh, superb from Hannah. Let's just keep in God's presence. Just a real sense of truth being parted to us. We've all known those times when God seems to be far away. But truth coming to us that he never leaves us. And there are choices and decisions that we make towards him. This great truth that Hannah's been highlighting to us. And these truths that we've just heard, maybe one of those stood out to you. Just as we take time to worship, we've got time this morning. You can stand, it's a very active thing to stand and before the Lord. You can you can sit, but don't don't be passive. Don't switch off. But even as we've heard, come towards him. Even now, come towards him. Make a choice. Say, Lord, I'm coming to you. I want to see this thing. I want to encounter you freshly today. I believe the Lord is here to encounter us. We just say, Holy Spirit, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. Maybe you want to kneel. Just find some space. Kneel before the Lord. Let's... Let's come in worship. Let's come before the Lord. Let's receive from him. Let's seek his face together as his people. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the truth of it. Thank you for the power of it. We just receive it right now. That it might do us good. That it might edify, build us. Heal us where there's healing. Let healing come this morning, Lord. Let chains come off as we recognize whose we are and who you are and what we have in you, what we've received in you. Let's just be before the Lord. Let's seek his face together. particularly would like prayer and doesn't know someone to pray for them just please do put your hand up and there'll be people here who can come and pray for you